what the best you had so I was just gonna let you take it again this is a real audition moment for you guys and you did better that and this I like this guy breaking in that's the kind of energy we're looking for don't even let me get the fucking words out this is what I want from you guys listen it's November we're in the stand-up slump months where everybody's getting ready to go eat some turkey or they're saving up to go to their weird hometowns nobody's from here and so you're all you're all you're all thinking you you can just kind of phone it in you can just show up and be sleep be sleepsy. There are television stars on this show today. What? Television stars, stars of television. Wow. 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 People uh, have been on TV. They have been on TV. <laughs> and I'm I'm your host Cameron Esposito and I'm feeling a little weird, but it's working, actually. I've been tired all day, wanted to go to bed at 4 p.m. is when I turned to my fiancé and said, I think it's time for bed. Actually, I, the, um, the, light, the light change is affecting me. Is that what that's called? The light change? The old winter light change? You guys know what I mean? Where it gets so dark so early and I just want to go to bed, but it's warm outside because I'm from Chicago. That doesn't make any sense. Um, okay, all right. A little, uh, little, little too loose. Earlier, you guys liked being chastised a lot. Then when I got into some personal shit about how I'm from Chicago, you guys were like, back it up. We want more of the... We want... The, we want to, we're, this is a Fifty Shades of Grey audience. We want to be taken into an elevator. N- nothing on that? You guys haven't seen the Fifty Shades of Grey trailer? What are you doing? It... I, uh, I, I watched it, you know, under dress. I watched it, um, I, I pushed the button and watched it, but I didn't want to have done that and still got a boner, so. What's happening? Okay. Uh, I feel, but, by the way, round of applause for the comics on the show. They're in back, they can hear you. Stressful. I myself have to pee, but I knew you were in line, and I wanted you to go first, so this is what we're dealing with. How was it, sir? Was it as great as I'm imagining it's going to be? Me? Urinating? I, yes. I didn't pee. No, no. Sir, why would you think I'd be talking to you? A, a gentleman walked across the entire audience and is behind you, and I love that you're like, me? I've been sitting here the whole time. Clearly she's talking to me. I haven't moved, but I don't know why she's talking to me. No, not you! You're the same guy. I got so excited when you got into the clapping, but then you got too into it. You assumed all things applied to you. 
That's the level of commitment I want you to keep. The rest of you should have assumed I was talking to you. Even if you're a woman, I wanted you to have assumed that I was going to ask you how you felt going to the bathroom, sir. That's the level of commitment I need from you as an audience. Answer me as a group. How does it feel to pee? Wow, look at that. The power of a microphone. You even agreed on a word. That was kind of cool. Did you sense that as an audience? I wonder who was the first person that said it, and then the rest of you were like, hey! We know how that word ends. Hey! You can get behind that. Anybody have a particularly good day today? It is a Monday. What? Nope, it's not. It's a Tuesday. Who cares? All my days are the same. This is my job. And I, it's just not a job where you remember what day of the week it is, ever. Um, but did anybody, have, did anybody work today? Anybody have a job in here? Yep. Couple jobs. That statistically sounds actually true for L.A. I was going to be like, you guys don't respond as an audience, but like three of you saying you have jobs actually seems right. What do you do, sir? Yeah. I'm an assistant to a writer. You're an assistant to a writer. How's that going? Are they writing some good stuff? Oh, God, I hope. You hope? You never, you never get to see it? You just bring them coffee and they slam their laptops shut. Like a television writer? Or like a writer-writer that makes novels? What, kind of, what are we talking about here? A TV writer. TV writer, and you're the assistant to this person. Are they nice? Very nice. They treat you, they treat you well? Yes, ma'am. Are they... Yes. This is the, I have terrified the crap out of you. And you're very tall and have long, free-flowing hair, so I would have thought you'd be more laid back. <laughs> but instead, I, you, I've scared you. you. I can't believe you said, yes, ma'am, I'm actually really proud of myself. That's the vibe I've been going for this whole time. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Oh, I love your jokes, ma'am. Well, that's, that's a kind of normal L.A. job. I just mean that's, you know, yeah, that makes sense. I bet there's other writer's assistants and PAs and assistants to other people here, right? Dog assistants. Yep, right? I was a baby assistant for a while. I was a nanny. Which is what that job is. Have you ever thought of that? Because my boss was was my nanny kid's parents, but also... You know, kind of my nanny kid, in a way. I had to serve her needs, and her needs were mangoes. <laughs> I don't care if you think that's funny. That's really funny. Have you ever tried to peel up a mango and give it to a child? It is demanding. You know, you will cut a finger, but if that baby wants mango. That's what you're going to do. Does not know about babies? Did weird weekend. Where was I? Oh, I was outside San Diego. But we'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that trip later. Uh, how, what are you having? Dr. Pepper? Dr. Pepper? Can. You're kidding me. A can of Dr. Pepper? Where'd you even get that? A time machine? <laughs> That's great. Did you, do you, did, you, did you bring that from home? No, brought it at the store. You got it at the store? They sell cans? Yeah. That's amazing. Like individual cans? <laughs> they what? They didn't even give you a brown bag? Wh- why would you? <laughs> yeah, you want to yeah, you want to be wild. That's cool. Um I hope that's delicious. 
Yeah, that's good. I actually really do like Dr. Pepper. That's a delicious soda. I don't really drink sodas anymore. I'm terrified of the, you know, <laughs> stomach rot that you're going to get. Um, but <laughs> I understand they're very delicious. Have you seen the Dr. Pepper 10 commercials? You know what I'm talking about? They're, it's like a dude with a beard, and he's like fishing with his hands or whatever he's doing. It's basically Nick Offerman uh, with longer hair. It's that guy mixed with Nif- Nick Offerman, and he's drinking Dr. It's actually that guy. That's the guy in the audience. <laughs> if there's anybody, it's him. That's the guy. He's like a woodsman, and so he's drinking Dr. Pepper 10 because it has 10 calories, and it's manly. <laughs> Oh, fuck us. You know, like, fuck us that we decided many years ago to, like, give sex to drinks. You know, like, isn't that tough? Aren't we fucked? Like, we're fucked. That a Diet Coke is for a woman, but a Coke Zero is for a man because it's blacker? Like, that's ridiculous. We are done. We're done forever. We just are ridiculous at sexing things. If you don't know what, how ridiculous we are at sexing things, I would just re- ask you to revisit watching the movie Wall-E, which is a great, great movie. But also, how do we know that those robots are supposed to be dudes and chicks? Because Wall-E's a dude and Eva's a chick. Absolutely. But how do we know that? Because that's the world that we live in. We're like round things like an original Mac computer, like an iMac with little (laughs) colored ones. Like, that's a girl! (laughs) Nothing? (laughs) Social commentary out of a Dr. Pepper can. This is the kind of shit I'm pulling out, and you guys are just unimpressed with the amount of social and political criticism (laughs) that I can just plumb. Plumb? Plumb. From a can of Dr. Pepper. Oh, we have a great show tonight. You guys are weirded out. And I'm not sad about it. Um, this first comic is, uh, he's a friend of the show. We love him. He's been a Conan. He's a hilarious dude. You're going to love him. Let's hear it right now from Mr. Hampton Yount, guys. Give it up for Hampton. <laughs> Hooray, yeah, yeah, yeah! <laughs> Punk Rock! Blink 182, sub 41! Clean up my room, mom and dad, fuck you! Taking back Sunday. I took it back! Oh man! <laughs> I'm not an adult. I'm me. Uh. I uh, was looking at pornography today. That was most of my day. And <laughs> you notice ever when, uh, like, you know, you'll be watching porn and then, like, there's an ad will come up and it'll be like, horny singles in your area. And you're like, yeah. Like, you get really excited. Uh, I think it'd be really funny if when you clicked on that, it just showed a picture of you masturbating at the computer. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, what? <laughs> Mind blown and dick blown. (laughs) Nothing's funny yet. (laughs) It's too early in the show. Nothing's really funny yet. I had to get a cereal uh, for myself. And, uh, you know, like all kids' cereal has like mascots. It's like, that's a crazy peanut butter captain. 
And it's like, ah, he's a rabbit. He tricks kids. Like, they all have fun mascots. And adult cereal, which I have to buy now, there's no mascots, really. There kind of are. It's, it seems like the mascot for all adult cereal now is just interracial friendships. This <laughs> seems to be the entire idea that they're trying to sell me on. It's just like, can you believe we hang out? Like, ah, that's crazy. Hey, what's that uh, cereal taste like? It's kind of like a black dude and an old Korean woman going kayaking. It's kind of the, the flavor rush you're going to experience. Okay, I buy it. Just show me. Why are they friends? Why are they together? How? Just show me like a plane that's gone down into a mountainside on the front of the cereal box. And they're just like walking away like survivors. Like, we got to go get help. Because I'm not going to fucking eat this kashi. I'll eat a human foot before I eat this fucking kashi. If there's a white-haired woman on the front of the cereal box, you are going to be shitting so much. That is the healthiest thing possible. <laughs> she looks like she's participated in a home birth. He's like, nope. No way. <laughs> Do women get diarrhea? That's a serious question from a 30-year-old man. I've lived with women my whole life. I don't still 100% know if women get diarrhea. Like, I know women shit. I'm not an idiot. Like, I'm not an idiot up here. Like, oh, women don't shit. I'm not saying that. I know women shit. I have the internet. I know women shit. I'm asking, do women get diarrhea? Like, on the same level that I just get once a week because I just eat like a violent pig that's been told he has like 24 hours to live. Like I eat a terrible decision meal once a week and then the next morning I feel like I've been stabbed in the stomach with like a fishing knife. And someone's just, the joker's just like moving it around. Like, ah, what do you think about that? I don't think women have that in their life. I've never heard a woman complain about like, just like, oh, I blew out my asshole last night. <laughs> it's just a wreck. At least once a week, I'm like on the toilet, like looking up at God, like, why? Why is this happening? Like, I'll kill anyone you want. <laughs> anyone, they're dead. They will die. <laughs> Women don't have that. So don't give me this whole childbirth is so hard. No, just kidding. <laughs> what if it took this crazy turn? <laughs> I don't know. Cameron kind of touched on it, but it's like, I think like, yeah, like I, because I, women just eat a different diet. That's kind of true. Like men's food is always so aggressive. Like it's always advertised to you. Like it's the man burger. Like it's, a, <laughs> it's five layers of beef and bacon thrown on top. Just fuck you. Like women don't have that low level aggression with their advertising. Like, do you have enough pussy for all this walnut salad? <laughs> Do you fucking have it in you? Do you have enough ovaries for all this yogurt? This shit? <laughs> oh, I better eat that. <laughs> I'm so comfortable with having diarrhea that I just sit on the toilet backwards like AC Slater sometimes. Like, I'm just all cool about it. Like, hey, what's up? Don't do drugs. <laughs> uh, it's silly. Silly jokes. Uh, I will watch, like, an infomercial block, like, the three-hour-long ones, just to see if, like, a story evolves. 
I, I just really, I'm, I'm roped into any sort of entertainment. I like the, the trope in every infomercial they seem to have now is it's always a British dude in every infomercial. And his one job is he just can't believe things. <laughs> this whole job is just, I can't believe you just blended that piece of tomato with that piece of steak. That's truly incredible. He's never seen a food processor before. Just blows his mind. What are you doing? What is that? Give me back my family. Who are you people? Why have you taken me here? and showing me these amazing products. Quit making food smaller than it should be. What's happening? No! I want to speak to someone in charge. It's like, all right, dude. Take it easy. <laughs> Why are they so blown away? You're telling me that makes omelets and burgers. Like, yeah, dude. You don't have crap in England? Like, you don't have shit? We have shit here. A lot of shit. Don't worry about it, dude. <laughs> it's not that impressive. The other thing they'll always have in uh, infomercials is, like, the black and white world. I'm, I'm always obsessed with that. They'll be like, you're tired of the old-fashioned way? You're tired of that? And, like, in that world, like, people will always be breaking shit. Like, yeah, I can't make eggs! Yeah, like, lighting it on fire. What? Why are you breaking shit? I saw one where a woman was trying to shove, like, a mango this big into a juicer with a hole this small. And she's like, yeah, yeah! It's like mushing on the sides, breaking the machine. She's like, there's got to be a better way. Yeah, therapy for you, you crazy person. Like, you have to explain that anger in the ad. Like, even if it's just five seconds more in the ad, and it's just her kids walking up to her going, Dad's new girlfriend makes us fresh mango juice. Fresh, fresh, fresh. Then you get the anger. You're like, just got to repair that marriage. Shit. You guys have been a lot of fun? Wanted to go on a big laugh, but I'll take, take that charm. How are we going? Bye. Guys, Hampton Yount, blood, sweat, and tears on the dance floor for you guys. Oh, Hampton, it's very sweet that you don't know women have diarrhea all the time. Women have so much diarrhea. <laughs> So much. Oh, that's sweet. Women have been shielding him from the truth about their butts. When's the last time? Ladies. When's, was it today? Who today? Anybody today? Clap if it was today. Clap if it's right now. Ladies, clap if it's right now. Are you doing it right now? Who's in the potty? Where's the bathroom at? Yeah? Ladies in the bathroom? By the way, I did say potty. <laughs> Definitely what I call it. I'm not kidding. I'm an adult. Oh, I have diarrhea in the potty all the time. <laughs> uh, I do think it is food combinations. We're not the best at this. Nobody taught... I feel like... I don't mean... This is... Yeah. Why wouldn't this be a diarrhea show? I'm not just talking about this. I'm talking about, like, upset... You know, just having upset tummies in general. I just think that, um... Our entire generation did not learn how to eat anything. Does, does, does anybody know how to feed themselves here? 
I'm being completely serious. Like, does it, is there anybody here who is like, every day I eat things that I think probably are actually considered food? <laughs> like, is there anybody here that that's true for? Here are things that are probably not really food. Cereal. A lot of cereal takers in here. It's probably not food. How'd they make that? Why is it so toasted? What did it come out of? What did it used to be? Like, whenever somebody's like, chicken nuggets, that's not food. I mean, it, right, totally. What did that used to be? It got smashed into another shape, but just like even cereal. That was a paste. You know, Cheerios weren't picked from anywhere. That's not the shape of anything. Nothing is that shape. How'd they get them so tiny? Who flips them? Who does the flipping? Make sure they're toasted on both sides. These are the questions we should be asking ourselves. These are great questions. Everything is extruded in a paste into something. We grew up on fruit roll-ups. We took fruit and we made it into nothing. Just a smashed thing and then we put it on plastic to make it more appetizing. You have to peel the fruit from the plastic and both of them have the same consistency and one of them you're supposed to eat and one of them you're supposed to throw away. Like, I, I don't under... I mean, there is a trait right now that I'm noticing in, like, television shows where the quirky girl in the group always eats peanut butter from the jar with a spoon. She's just like, I'm quirky! No, none of us know what to do anymore. We just took smashed nuts, we put them in a jar. Is this a meal? What if I dip it in this thing? That was a woman dipping a spoonful of peanut butter in a cup full of Cheerios. <laughs> None of what we eat is food. No wonder if we feel like garbage all the time. I try to eat food, but I'm also a vegetarian. And to just eat protein, you have to eat weird sources of stuff. Uh, I, like you just, I mean, it, I don't know what... I eat a chicken patty that is made from a fungus. Yep. And you know what? Tastes great. Does. It absolutely does. Mushrooms are also fungus, but they're not shaped like chicken. So I'm pretty sure that this is from a lab. But... I will definitely put a rosemary leaf on it. <laughs> so I don't know what we're eating, ever. I don't know what we're eating. But uh, it is giving us diarrhea. <laughs> that guy did that. That's right, it's a circle. It's like an asshole. <laughs> I just feel like at this point I'm just going to meet you where I want you to be and wait for you to come there. Usually way less asshole actual imagery in my, in my stand-up, but tonight's the night. <laughs> you guys ready for additional comedy? From additional comics? I knew you would be. This next gentleman, what a hoot. First time on the show. We love him. Let's hear from Matt O'Brien, guys. Come on. How's it going, you guys? How are you? I diarrhea all the time. All the time diarrhea. Just diarrhea. Diarrhea? Is that what we're talking about out here? Diarrhea. Cool. Great to be here. Yeah, it's my first time down here. I'm from Toronto. Down here in L.A. Great to be here in L.A. Thanks for having me. I love Blue Moon. I love Blue Moon. <laughs> Big fan of Blue Moon. Great beer. Are they listening? Give me beer. It's like drinking pie. 
I've been on the road for like 30 days. It's uh, this is my final this is my final destination before I go back to dog dick cold fucking Toronto. Uh, it's great. Like I you know I've been on the road long enough that all my underpants are in a grocery bag right now. You know what I mean? That's what you get when you travel a, a while. Just have a bag full of undies. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Dapper couple over here, man with fedora. Looks like he should be rolling dice. Do you know what I mean? Like just in the corner, like. Um, last week I made uh, I made the mistake of renting a smart car, like as a car. Do you know what I mean? Like the rental place was like, it'll be cute. And I was like, okay, I'll be cute. I'll be I'll get a little smart car, a little smart car to buzz around in. But that's what you do in that car. You buzz around in it. I think that's exactly what they said. They're like, you can buzz around in it. We'll hum around town. Go for a little hoot. So I was hooting around town in this little smart car, right? And uh, like I was treating it like a regular car, which you you can't, because it's not it's not it's a little two seater escape pod style car that you can't. It's not, and I'm used to riding like driving a regular car, right? So I was treating it like a regular car. And it's not an intimidating car. It's not intimidating. Like you can't be intimidating at all in that car. Like, I was driving it, and this guy cut me off, right? And I, I pull up beside him to do the classic, you know, window down. I went, oh, come on! Come on! Ah! Right? To let him know that he did something shitty, but he sees me in the smart car, and he's like, fuck you! <laughs> fuck you a million times! All the time! Every day, fuck you! Right? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in a smart car. I, this guy can see the top of my knees through the window. <laughs> My arm was out the side, touching the ground. That's how I pushed away from the green light, like a gorilla on a skateboard. It was—it's not intimidating. I was like, it's not. I can't. I can't say. I can't. Oh, come on, people, right? It's like smart cars are like the socks and sandal of car. Do you understand that? Not intimidating. You can't do. You ever see a guy in socks and sandals try to yell at you? You're like, get the fuck out of here, you fucking divorced uncle. Why don't you go get angry and drunk in a garage somewhere? Why don't you go wait in line for a roller coaster alone? That's how I, that's how I picture socks and sandals. Alone waiting in line for a roller coaster. Try to not just, you know, khaki shorts, striped polo, maybe a fedora. I don't know. Who knows? Um, I, back home, I'm, I, I got this, I'm seeing like this new, uh, I'm going to this new doctor, which is exciting. Uh, I hate it though. I don't like him because he's like a middle-aged man, and that makes me very uncomfortable, right? As for a doctor, you know what I mean? Because I know he's going through his midlife crisis, and I feel like he's too like nostalgic when he sees me. I don't trust his diagnosis at all. Because like, I went for a physical the other day, and he was checking me out, and he was asking me all these questions, and he was like, he was like, how much do you drink in like a week, like alcoholic drinks? And I was like, honestly, I don't know, like, like, like 9 to 12, I don't know, beers a night, should I not do that? Should I not? And he goes all quiet, and he just looks at me, and he goes, that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> he just wrote me a prescription for us to hang out more, it's the worst. I was like, I don't trust you, you're fucking, like, I, I always feel like if I, went, if I went in there with, like, an STD, he would just look at me and be like, woo! Where the fuck are you going, man? Where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? Awesome! Awesome! How do I get that? Give me that! Give it to me! <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if he'd say the last part. 
give it to me! Come on, man! Woo! That's how he just signs, you know, just with this hand. <laughs> Woo! This is a pen, apparently. That finger. Talking about medical things, uh, uh, my girlfriend and I uh, have been dating a while. That's a stupid sentence. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been dating my girlfriend a while. Uh, and, like, we had... Recently, like, we've been dating for four years, and we only recently had our first pregnancy scare, which is like, that should happen sooner, right? But it's, it's, it's normal. Like, it happens. It happens. It happens. And, like, it happened the same way, like, it always happens, right? Like, we were having sex, and it was, uh, like, it was a good one, right? We were having a good time. Uh, we were both mutually, you know, it was, it was going well. But then the condom broke, Right? So uh, I reacted like any guy. I was like, well, this feels better, right? <laughs> Which, you know, <laughs> I shouldn't have said out loud. Because she knew, she knew, she knew, she knew. And she wanted me to buy the morning after pill for her, too. She was like, you're buying me plan B, you sack of shit, right? Like her words. And uh, I had no problem doing it. I went right to the pharmacy. I didn't even hesitate, right? Right to that stupid desk at the back. Before they could even say anything to me, I was just like, shut up! You know what I want! Right? And they did. They knew exactly what I wanted. They've seen this before. Shirtless man in track pants. That guy's buying plan B. Right? And the guy goes, the pharmacist goes to grab plan B, which, uh, I don't know if you purchased this recently, by the way. It's the biggest box for no reason. I don't know why this is. It's two pills and it's the size of a case of beer. It shouldn't be at all. They could, they could shrink that down. Three sizes at least. And the pharmacist scans it in, because I'm about to buy it, right? And, and he looks at me, and he's like, that'll be $40. And that's how much it is. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> like, you could have said any price right there. I, I'm totally going to buy this. Like, if, this is the one product I think that doesn't need a price, if you think about it. Like, what person is hearing the price of Plan B and then going, nah! I think I could raise a kid for 30 bucks. You're not going to screw me on this. Thank you guys very much for having me. I'm Matt O'Brien. Have a good night, everybody. Bye, everybody. Guys, keep it going for Matt. Keep it going for Matt. He was hysterical. And then from Canada, which is great. Oh, yes. How are you guys doing? Are you having... Was that good? You enjoyed that? Awesome. I like... <laughs> You're sassy. I like your I like your button down, sir. That's a slick one, yeah. You look cool. You look fresh. Cool button down on that guy. <laughs> Will you guys uh I wanna tell some jokes as well. Which is a big treat for you. Right, no, this is my haircut. There wasn't a thresher accident on the way here. Uh, this is the haircut that was assigned to me uh, by my leader, Ellen DeGeneres. Because <laughs> I am a lesbian. <laughs> and she gives us all one. And I got the side mullet. <laughs> Two things you guys should know about me. Number one, I am in love. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Number two, I am terrified of being murdered. Absolutely. A couple other 
rational people. I'm super scared of being murdered. I think it's going to happen while I'm sleeping. I think the dark is where the murderer can hide, probably in the corners of my bedroom. Now, I understand that maybe this isn't a rational thought, but I will tell you, I've never been able to see my entire life. I had terrible vision. When I was a little kid, I wore an eye patch for eight years of my, my life because I had crossed eyes. So there's probably no particular reason why I'm funny. <laughs> now, I should describe this. When you're a little kid and you wear an eye patch because you have crossed eyes, you don't wear like a black with a thing around that, like a pirate, like a conquistador, like a Johnny Depp. Like a sailing the sea. You don't wear like a Halloween or like a, I'm in a band. You don't wear like a cool outfit choice. You don't wear like an urban outfitters kind of like, what a, you don't wear like a hip eye patch. You wear a band-aid material, flesh-toned, disposable eye patch. So when you wear it on your face, it just looks like more skin. You look like sloth from the Goonies, but a little girl. And to soften the blow, the patches, the company that made the patches put in the box, the patches, they put these stickers. Because I think they thought little kids were going to go to school and be like, oh, oh, you've got Lisa Frank, iridescent pony, on your trapper keeper? Well, well, I have a sticker on my eye patch. But they didn't even make the right kind of stickers for that to be possible. They didn't make cool iridescent ponies. They made these tiny circular farm vignettes. So it'd be like a deer drinking from a brook and then a silo and an owl. You're supposed to take that flat diorama and pop it on your flesh flap. Oh, they were printed, they were printed in only navy blue, tan, and brown. Just drab as can be. Pop it right on that little flesh flap. With your, with your glasses, braces, bowl cut, and coonskin cap. Wearing the quiver of bow and arrows, you whittled yourself on your back. And go and succeed at fourth grade. Things were rough. I turned out amazing. <laughs> now I'm so happy and I found love, but I never grew out of being scared of the dark. I never grew out of being scared of murdered. being murdered. I mean, I, I, uh, I slept with the light on in high school. Like we all did, right? That's true of everyone here. To this day, I sleep with a pillow on my chest and a knife in my side table drawer because I figure when the murderer comes in, they will stab me, but their knife will be caught in my pillow. That'll give me just enough time to reach in my side table drawer, grab my knife. I'll stab them before they stab me. And I know this seems like a silly plan. Pillow doesn't necessarily protect you from sharp knives. And yet... Am I not still alive? <laughs> Clearly this works. I know that I am in love because even though this is the person I am, and I have met a wonderful woman, uh, her biggest attribute that could throw me off has not. I guess I would, I'll say this. She's a sleepwalker? I'm going to marry a sleepwalker. Actually, I should say this. She doesn't really go anywhere. She's really more of a sleep lurker. <laughs> One time I woke up and she was on my side of the bed, leaning over me, tucking me in. I don't know if you've ever seen somebody while they're sleepwalking, but they're just dead-eyed. So I just woke up to like... Nighty-night. Get ready for the big sleep. 
And still, in that moment, in my unconscious, while I was half asleep, I did not reach into the side table drawer. I did not grab a knife. I did not stab her. She continues to be alive. Thank you. This is how I know love is real. Because my dream self will not hurt the woman I love. And so I will wake up at night and she'll just be standing in the corner, (laughs) facing the corner. I am living the end of Blair Witch. (laughs) And all I do is say, sweetheart, please come back to bed. If there is a better argument for equal marriage for gays and lesbians, I do not know what it is. Thank you, guys. Oh, well, we are going to keep the show rolling. That was very funny. I'm working on that. I'm trying to get it ready for television. It needs something at the end. I haven't figured it out yet. But we'll get there. What? Diarrhea? Not a reference, but just for me to physically have diarrhea on the Tonight Show. Actually, it is like the one thing Jimmy hasn't done to get viral views, right? We're just going to do a karaoke version of diarrhea. Sorry, that's very funny. Oh, you guys, thank you for the diarrhea note. I will take it. My manager is in the audience. We're going to keep the show running with the hilarious comic that I love to have on the show. Let's hear it right now for Susan Burke, guys. Give it up for Susan. Hey, guys. I don't know about you, uh, but when I read the news about Charles Manson getting married, my first reaction was, fucking sellout. What? You're going to conform like that? He's supposed to be Mr. Counterculture. (laughs) Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn are more punk. (laughs) Fucking lame. He's the Dave Grohl of serial killers. (laughs) Jeffrey Dahmer's a Kurt Cobain. Um, He's married a 26-year-old, which that makes me feel old, because I am too old to marry Charles Manson Um, by a couple years. I'm realizing, like, I'm getting older, like... I, I realize that because I hate all the music on the radio and also because I'm aware of what a radio is. Like, <laughs> I know what a radio is and, uh, and I use one. Um, I'm not so old that, like, if I was naked in a movie, people would be like, oh, that's so brave. <laughs> oh, she's so brave. Um, but I'm old enough that if I was naked in a movie, people wouldn't be like, oh, that's so sad. She's exploited. Um, if I was naked in a movie, people would just be like, mm, why are we watching the 70s movie? Because they don't, you know, you get it. I'm a feminist, and I think way too much of the feminist agenda currently is devoted to telling women with non-traditionally beautiful bodies that they are brave for going nude. Like, at least once a week, I see an article in some, you know, ladies' uh, website or magazine that's talking about, like, the bravest woman in the world. She went to the beach in a bikini. 
after having children. Her stretch marks were exposed. Her body was exposed. She is brave. She is brave. Look up to her. She is our hero. She is brave. No. That's not, that's not brave. Like, who cares? Like, Shirley Chris was brave. Joan of Arc was brave. That lady just, like, had a day off. <laughs> she just got a regular body. And then it's even, like, really beautiful people. Like, Kira Knightley uh, did a nude uh, photo shoot, and she didn't use Photoshop. And everyone was like, oh, my God, that's so brave. She had amazing lighting and a professional photographer. And, and of course, she's Kira Knightley, who's fucking Photoshopped by God. <laughs> So it doesn't matter. She could be like in a garbage can covered in blood and it would be like, oh, but that face. Oh, but that beautiful, beautiful face. She's like Winona Ryder, but English. I love you so much, Karen Knightley. I'll see anything you're in. She transforms me. What can I say? I love her. Um, I I was talking to a male comic and, uh, and he was talking about the women that hit on uh, male comics, and he was like, oh, they're crazy bitches, you know, like, they're fucking nuts, they're always like chuckle fuckers, you know. Uh, <laughs> girls that go for comedians, man, they're fucking, they're like, they're chicks who aren't like cool enough to be groupies for bands, they're crazy. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then he was like, so, so what about you? You're like a female comedian, like, what are the guys that go for you like? And I was like, oh, they're like, um, you? Um, yeah, that's about it. They're you and only you and just a bunch of fucking male comedians. Uh, because when you're a female comedian, those are the only people that talk to you. And let me tell you, the odds are pretty good, but the goods are pretty odd. Um, <laughs> a lot of beards and glasses. Um, but I'm married, actually, so I'm out of that. Um, I got married um, to a comedian. Um, <laughs> but he's not more successful than me, so I'm still a feminist. Woo! Um, it was a lateral move. We pay our rent on our indie credibility. That's pretty cool. Um, it's, uh, it's awards season for movies, and all the prestige movies come out um, this time of year, which gets me really excited because it's like movies with like naked old ladies and Kira Knightley. Yeah, Oscar bait. Um, I love it. Show me a gay mathematician. I'm there. Um, I love those kind of movies. I get very excited. Last year... For once, like I usually hate whatever wins the best picture, but I was very excited that 12 Years a Slave won um, best picture. I really like the movie. I think it's a really important movie. I think it was very well done. I have some friends, however, that don't agree with me. I have one friend that won't see 12 Years a Slave. And I said, why? And he said, oh, I already saw Roots. <laughs> okay. Roots was made in 1977, which is before this dude was alive. Like, and it's pretty much the only other movie that takes slavery seriously. And slavery is kind of the most important issue in our country's history, but he wouldn't see the new one because he'd already seen Roots. This is a person who has paid to see all three Hanover movies. <laughs> and he won't see two movies about slavery. I have a, another friend who said he didn't like it, and he actually saw it, and he said he didn't like it because, well, first of all, it was kind of dour. Which, yeah. Um, and second of all, uh, Brad Pitt financed the movie, right? Brad Pitt financed the movie, and he's in it, and he plays the one good white dude. I think that's fucking unfair. Like, he financed the movie, and he plays the one good white dude? And I was like, yeah, dude. How weird would it be if he financed the movie and played, like, a horrible slaver? 
I was like, oh, great script. Here's a million dollars. Can I be in it and just like rape and like torment people throughout the whole thing? Is that cool? I've always wanted to do that. Big dream of mine. And then he was like, oh, and of course, like, he's Canadian, so it makes the Canadians look so much better than the Americans. And I was like, dude, that's not so much the movie as it is history. (laughs) That's just how it is. It's still like that today. Canadians are just nicer people. They're just sweet. They're just sweetie pies. I have a friend that's Canadian. She's such a sweetie pie. We were talking about games that we played as kids, and she was like, oh, you ever play Nikki Nikki Nine Doors? I was like, what? No. What is Nikki Nikki Nine Doors? And she was like, okay, well, so it's this game that children play in the neighborhood at night where you go around and you knock on a door and then you run away and you hide in the bushel and then they open the door and they're like, wait a minute, nobody's... I've been Nikki Nikki Nine Doors, you kids. And I was like, oh, yeah, we did play that. We just didn't call it that. And she said, well, what did you call it? And I... We called it, uh, mm, we, uh, um, hmm. we called it, uh, mm, we called it, um, uh, we called it, um, we called it, okay, uh, you know the word you're not supposed to say? And she was like, cunt? You called it cunt? And I was like, no, um, the, the N-word knocking, that's what we called it. And she was like, Why? I was like, I don't know. Why did you call it Nikki Nikki Nine Doors? Because you're Canadian, and Canadians are adorable and whimsical and wonderful people that call things silly names. And I'm American, and we're hateful, racist motherfuckers. And we'll think of a racist name for everything. There's racist names for Nikki Nikki Nine Doors. There's racist names for sprinkles. There's racist names for ways to smoke a cigarette. I'm sure there's racist names for Chinese fire drills. I just don't know what they are. (laughs) Thank you very much. Keep it up for Susan Burke one more time. Hey, and uh, while you're at it, why don't you welcome a co-producer and co-host of this show, Rhea Butcher, to the stage. Where are you at, Rhea? Are you back there? Yes, Yes, you are. That was great. Hi. Nice job sneaking out. Thank you. I have my sneaky jacket on. Yeah, yeah, you have your sneakiest jacket. I can hardly see you against this wall. Turn around, turn around, turn around. Yep, there it is. Um, just a strip of flannel and nothing else. Uh, that was really fun. That you committed hard to that physicality. I, really liked it. I thought it was going to end five to ten seconds sooner. No. I'll do that all night. Put <laughs> from the top, yeah. hanging by your ankles. I'm my own wacky wall crawler. <laughs> I was peeling off. Did you guys see me peeling off? Yes. We had a funny Thank weekend. You. We had a funny weekend. Yeah, we did. We went to a rural... Not rural. That's not the right word Well, for I it. mean, I do have to preface this story uh, just to let you guys know. I am that sleepwalker. <laughs> oh, that's Rhea. She's my fiancé. About. But also, I'm the fiancé of her. We're hilarious state of comics. We just happen yeah. to also be engaged to each other. She's a sleepwalker. What a creep. Right? <laughs> Total weirdo. Look at this face. So startling. Sharp nose. <laughs> Terrifying too. Yeah, very sharp nose. Look like a pigeon. Oh, you look like a beautiful woman, but I'm like just saying cool you've got pigeon, a. Though. You look like a cool. You've never made that face. I don't think you ever. Well, I just made did, and people are agreeing with their clapter. So. <laughs> I think I'm a pigeon now. We had, well, we had a weird weekend, then we had a big fight this morning. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, like eight o'clock in the morning. 
We had a fight about Charles Manson. Because, guys, right. this is what it's like when you're stand-up comics. You just wake up and I... I, I don't agree with you! That's how yeah, we, we wake up with each other. Yeah, we had a fight about Charles Manson because I said that I thought it was bullshit that people were tweeting... <laughs> Like, oh, Charles Manson can get married, but gay people can't get married? Because that is equating the most terrible white person who also happens to be straight with another minor with a minority group. Like, I just don't think, I don't think you should say, I don't think you should say, like, black people should get married because Charles Manson is able to get married. Do you guys understand? Sometimes I use the black gay analogy just to kind of make sometimes I think we haven't gotten to any level of humanity with gays and we got there a little teeny bit with black people not that much you wouldn't be like Barack Obama should be able to marry Michelle Obama because Charles Manson can get married Ludicrous. You wouldn't say that. Ludicrous can marry whoever Ludicrous <laughs> is married to because Charles Manson can marry. So I just think when <laughs> I just think when you equate gay people to the worst straight person, I think you do a disservice to gay people because I think and Rio was saying don't don't be so hard on the advocates. Yeah, I said stop yelling at your allies. Yeah, but my allies are telling me that I should that I should feel Charles chill. Manson. I just feel like you should compare me to rad people. You know what I mean? Sure. Like gay people should be able to get married because Barack Obama and Michelle Obama can get married, yeah. or gay people Superman can get Superman married. Superman can get married to whoever he can carry, which is anybody. <laughs> a bird, a plane. Oh, no, really? Rhea, please. Stop before you say a bird. This is it the was whole, a joke. I know, but now we've gone this other direction Sorry. where people are thinking of animal marriage. <laughs> that is our worst enemy. Simply a Superman joke. Not a bestiality joke. No, you are advocating bestiality and also robo-marriage. <laughs> Mechanical marriage. What's next? You're going to marry a plane? <laughs> What's next? You gonna marry the sky? What are you gonna marry a speeding bullet? <laughs> anyway. So I just think that I, I got oh my god, I almost just chipped my tooth getting angry. <laughs> I deserve it. But um Yeah, I just got married because I, I just got married. Yeah, you just, just got, got married. married. No, I just got angry Congrats. because I don't think that's what we should be saying about gay marriage. I got married to someone else because you fought with me this morning. Um no. <laughs> I just don't think we should be equating that as nonsense. I hate it. I yeah, hate totally. When people do that. Like, I, it's my. Well, you turned me around on it, and I agree with you now. Yeah, because so. I'm a great debater before breakfast. <laughs> also, a great masturbator before breakfast. <laughs> I just think it's up there. You can leave if you want, but I'll just keep talking. I think you're wasting your time with this. No, I like that bit. This physicality bit. I'm really into that bit. This is a podcast, Rhea. I don't care. Terrible. There's going to be a photograph of it. They'll figure it out. <laughs> for the sleuths. I hope there's for like For anybody four. out there who listens to Serial. So we can just make it. This yeah. is the part of the show for you where yeah. you can match up the picture of Rhea to what just happened during that non-audio part of the podcast. Yeah. I was pinging cell phone towers yeah, the whole time. Though, I noticed. So. Nobody listens to Serial in this audience. One person. 
a lot of podcast listeners. Anyway, we had a crazy weekend, right? Oh, but what I was going to say is that it drives me nuts the same way when people are like, if you're so homophobic, you must be gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just called a terrible... You Homophobia is terrible, so you're going to say that that person is one of us? Get him out of here! <laughs> like... Oh, you're so homophobic? You must be this other awful thing. (laughs) You hate gay men so much? I think you're gay. Yeah, that's really what you're saying. So stop. If that's your line of thinking, stop it. It doesn't make any sense. Some people are just jerks. They don't like kissing between two men. And they think God doesn't either. But God isn't real. (laughs) And if she is, she loves to watch two black men in porn just like me. Favorite kind of porn. Yeah, thank, thank you. So we had a weird weekend because we were in San Diego, but just outside of it in uh, like a little bit of a suburban area. Yes. And we were performing at a place that I did not realize was just going to be like a, well, we could see the venue from our hotel room, which I've never had that experience before. I don't mean like... Uh, there was windows. We could see into it. We, if one of us would have been, if we had opened the blinds in our hotel room, we would have been able to see into the venue where we were performing. Uh, and you can't let people know that, guys, because we're celebrities. Like, you know, we're staying. <laughs> they will come there. And then they will try to come there. Um, so... <laughs> that was a little bit rural. Yeah, Earl. just a touch. Yeah. Well, someone informed me via the internet when I told them. Well, the, should I not say? I it? don't know if we should say the name. I of won't it. say it. It's really rural. Yeah, I feel like there was a. It doesn't matter. It, yeah, uh, but so we were staying at this rural place, and the night that we performed, there was a fiftieth birthday. Yes, beer and wine festival. Yes, and a wedding. Yes, in the same venue that we were supposed to be having a comedy show. And the venue is honestly as big as this building. As big as this building. All of that was happening All at the same time. All of that was happening. The bride was at the bar when we started the show. She and her new husband bar. sat at the bar. Yeah, they didn't go And right before they sat down, a very drunk woman threw a shoe at the bride. Threw a shoe at the bride. <laughs> threw her shoe. And I was like, oh shit, this isn't good. And then she was like, ha, ha, ha. She threw a shoe out of love. I was going to say, I feel like at a wedding, that actually means, oh, this is a good wedding. I don't know. Does it? I think so. If you're like, eh, get me out of here. You, like that, oh, that so sound? that's why they call it a real shoe thrower. I never understood. <laughs> never understood that. Yeah. <laughs> the woman that threw the shoe also was wearing a purple uh, gown mm-hmm. and had a matching purple arm cast. <laughs> She had thrown shoes before. Which I love, because one of the... She had to have planned one of those based on the other. And either scenario is hilarious. What comes first? Because the... if she broke her arm like two months ago, she's like, well, give me purple, because my dress is going to be purple that wedding, and I want it to match. <laughs> or she already had the purple arm thing, and she's like, well, I guess I got to buy a purple dress, so it matches my arm cast. <laughs> either one is hilarious to me. Did she... Now, I missed this woman. I didn't see her. She didn't have, like, one elbow-length glove on the other arm. <laughs> no. Because that would have been classic. Yeah, that would have been great. You should have let her know. And then just a couple bejewels on the yeah. cast. Yeah, or get the other glove, cut it off here, and then wear it with the cast. Yes. See if anyone even notices. Probably not. Probably going to be a real drunk shoe thrower. <laughs> you know, um, 
Which reminds me of the fact that I wore elbow-length gloves to both my junior and senior prom. Oh, look at you. Yeah. I wore a cardigan. (laughs) (laughs) What was under the cardigan or on the bottom? Like a a sad, sad dress. Why was the dress so sad? Hence the cardigan. Why was the dress so sad? Because it was was a dress. Yeah, because it was was on my body. I don't belong on this. And my body was like, no, what are you doing? (laughs) Just trying to get away from the fire. I don't know if you guys know this about lesbians, but our skin burns. It leaves it burn. Yeah. It's a discoloration, at least. Yeah, absolutely. I've worn a couple strapless dresses in my day. Yeah. I think that was a, those were strapless dresses. But even then, I mean, now if I wore one, I would look ridiculous. Because I haven't, I've, I've only worn, I, this is, this is the... Farmer's stand? This is the end of my color on my body. Got it. But I do wear bikinis. To a pool, not like a... Just around. When, I, when we first moved here, we were shocked to find out that people go to pool parties when they live in L.A. Because uh, we met in Chicago. Rhea's from Akron. I'm from yep. Chicago. I've lived in Boston. None of these places are people... Are, none of, in none of these places do you ever see your friends in a bathing suit past the age of 10. Absolutely. I feel like every other place, 10 is the cutoff for bathing suits with pals. Uh, but of course, here in Los Angeles... All the time. Pool parties. Adult pool parties... You're supposed to have your body out. Be comfortable. <laughs> see your friends. Your friends are supposed to know what your body looks like. Your tummy. Your friends see your belly this button. part. Like this part. You yeah, know, your like, upper ass. This part. Squishy part. This, this folded part. When we first went to a pool party... <laughs> when we first went to a pool party, I wore my high school team... <laughs> One speedo. <piece. laughs> I didn't know what to wear. <laughs> I wasn't sure if people would go full bikini. I thought, oh, it's going to be a bunch of comics. Maybe everybody will be wearing joke suits. And it was like, it's like an athletic swimsuit, too. So it was like trying to snap her in two the whole time she was wearing yeah, it. Yeah, they're real tight. She I don't know if you've ever seen somebody teeth. that's wearing a Speedo from a racing, <laughs> Standing uh, like this. A racing situation. But they are real tight. You're supposed to get them several sizes too small. Yeah, I wore it with a big sun hat and goggles. Not the kind of goggles you're thinking. Welder's goggles. Oh, I was a hit. Yeah. You want to know what I wore? A cardigan. Yeah, sure, a cardigan. Well, that's Rhea Butcher. This is Thanks, our you guys. show. Hey, we got two comics left. Do you have any heart for two more comics? I believe in you. Woo! Tuesday night, I believe in you. I know it is sleepy in here. And boy, have you had a long day, but this next comic, it is his first time on the show. We are so excited to have him. Guys, let's hear it right now for Iffy Wadden Away. Give it up for Iffy! Hey, hey, how's everybody doing? Uh, Cool, cool, all right. You know, I had an epiphany back there after listening to Susan's set. Uh, If you didn't get it, the game was called Nigger Knocking. And my friends told me it was called snicker knocking, and like now it's just hitting me like, oh shit! God damn it! Uh, they got me again. <laughs> but yeah, so as you heard, my name is Ify Wadiwe, but it's short for Ify Shakude Ijioma Mwadiwe. It's because my dad comes from a little place called Nigeria in Africa and decided to name me that, even though his name is Chris Wadiwe. <laughs> And I always used to give him so much shit about it. I'd be like, Dad, Dad, why, why would you name me this and you're Chris? Why would you do that to me? And he'd be like, Evie, 
I named you this name so I can bring this name all the way from Nigeria and have it here in America. I'm bringing the Ife Shakude to America. And I was like, dope. He's like, everyone, everyone in Nigeria has a name like that. Got it. I'm in. Visited Nigeria not too long ago. Met my cousins Michael, Barbara, and my uncle Tupac. So he had some explaining to do. He had some explaining to do. I wasn't feeling it. Uh, for the listeners at home, I'm wearing some dope-ass uh, leopard print shoes. Uh, <laughs> So I uh, just, just wanted to give you that visual. See, I'm wearing the 90s right now. See, I got the Cosby sweater. I got the Urkel Classic and Zubuck shoes. So we're doing it big. But yeah, I always used to have this thing with fashion. Only because my dad fucked it up for me. Because he'd always put me in suits no matter where I went. So if it was a dinner party, I was in a suit. If it was a birthday party, in a suit. If it was a slumber party, I was in a suit. But I grew up in the hood. So I just always looked like I had a court date. <laughs> so I was like, who is this thug-ass baby always going to court? Hey, thug baby, what you doing? <laughs> that was me. I was the thug baby. <laughs> and, and it's great, yeah. So, so ever since then, I've just had my uh, lockdown on fashion. So, you know, I have rules. Like, uh, I don't like uh, vests. Like, vests, I think the only two people who can wear them, Cameron Esposito and shirtless R&B singers. Like, if... <laughs> If you're not one of those two people, don't wear a vest. And hats. I never got hats uh, because, you know, it's a choice. You know, hats, we wear them because they cover our heads, but we don't need to. Like, if we don't wear clothes on, you're naked. Please wear clothes. But if you don't wear hats, you don't have to. And we used to use them to know what people's jobs were. Like, you'd see a guy in a hat, be like, oh, that guy's a trucker. It's like, okay, that guy's a cowboy. It's like, oh, him over here? That's a bowler, you know? That was a hat joke, everybody. Uh, <laughs> And, and like now people are trying to trick us, you know, so many fedoras in L.A. And it's like, you're not you're not tricking me. You know, you're, you're not. There's not that many detectives in L.A., you know, Pharrell, you're not a Canadian. We get it. You're not a Mountie, you know, <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> but. You know, I always, in life, I tried to be a thug. Because as you heard, I did grow up in the hood. Um, I did live in a gated community in the hood. So while I grew up on the streets, the one thing I learned from the streets is to stay the fuck off the streets, you know? And so I always wanted to be a thug. Because, like, thugs are cool. You know, they, are, they always got that cool talk, you know? They're always talking, and they got that walk with them. It's like, yo, what's up? I'm a thug. But that's a commitment. You're a thug on Christmas. You're a thug on Thanksgiving. <laughs> And you still a thug while you're taking a shit. So I can barely commit to these glasses. So I can never be a thug. But I love when I catch thugs out of place. Because I was in Trader Joe's the other day. And I saw a thug in Trader Joe's. And that blew me away. Because last time I checked, you can't bring kale chips to a gangster party. Like, who fucked that? Who fucked that up? Who messed up that party planning? Like, he was like, yo, Trey, you're going to get the hood rats. Uh, Deuce, you're going to get the drugs. I'm going to get the quinoa salad. Speculous cookie butter. We're going we gonna to turn up. <laughs> and if you guys don't know this, if you're in the blood gang, you don't pronounce C's. You pronounce every C with a B. So they don't order cookie butter. They order bookie butter, baby. Give me that bookie butter. <laughs> but, um... I saw the thug in tree shows. <laughs> I love alliteration, guys. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, so 
I'm following this thug around the Trader Joe's because I wanted to follow him around. I wanted to learn more about the gluten-free gangsta. I wanted to know, <laughs> wanted to know what's going on in his life. Because you know he's, you know he's on the block with his boys. You know they're drinking their forties, and he's like, "Hey, hey, homie, you want to hit this for?" He's like, "Nah, homie, on my, I'm on my seven day cleanse, trying to cleanse these toxins out of my body, cuz." <laughs> and you know he has the best drive-bys because you never hear a Prius coming, so <laughs> he, he got the game on lock, guys. <laughs> you know he's in his Prius playing some version of gin and juice we've never heard before. <laughs> Rolling down the street, smoking Indo, sipping on cold-pressed juice. <laughs> Laid back. With my mind on my health. And my health on my mind. <laughs> I love how much you enjoyed that joke. Because I was like, oh, I'm going to sing. I don't know how people are going um, uh, to... You guys are a couple? You guys are dating? You guys are... Oh, you said no after her, so I think you were confused at first, but now you know, helping you out. Uh, <laughs> helping you out, just let's, let's clear it. Uh, but yeah, no, um, I'm in a relationship. You guys should try it out. Uh, and we're getting to that point where, you know, we want to spice up the relationship. I, ask her out after the show. I'll, I'll help you out. Uh, and we're trying to spice up the relationship and so one night she just looks over and she's like, ah, we should watch a porno together. And I was like, all right, cool, cool. She was like, all right, but nothing nasty, only that romantic stuff. And that day I figured out my girlfriend's never seen a porno before. <laughs> so I was uh, given the mission to find a romantic porno. And I was like, cool, it's hard, but it's possible. It's possible. Uh, they had the romantic music. They looked each other in the eyes. They said, I love you a lot. It was great. I was enjoying this uh, porno because I was like, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to spice it up. And so we're watching it together. And it has the romantic music playing. They're looking at each other. And then out of nowhere, he shouts into her vagina. <laughs> but the romantic music kept playing. <laughs> now... I'm not the best porno editor in the world, but I think when someone shouts into a vagina, <laughs> that's when you cut the music. <laughs> it's about to get nasty. Uh, and so she immediately gets angry at me, and I'm like, oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. And she was like, how come you never shout in my vagina? <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, I'll try that out. But I like pornos. I like... Uh, <laughs> Uh, don't we all? Uh, I like pornos because uh, they have comments now, and I like reading the comments because uh, <laughs> I don't go to porno for the porn guys. I go for the comps. Because, you know, I get fed up with YouTube comments. Like, they, they're bullshit. They're so mean. It's a kid playing a piano, and they're like, fuck this kid. That bitch ain't Mozart. It's like, oh, goddamn. But you go... You go to a porno comment, and it's like two buff black dudes play on a tiny white woman. And you read the comment, and it's like, this is the type of unity we need in America today. <laughs> Blacks and whites coming together. <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody. I'm Ify Wadi Ify, you guys, keep it going for them. I'm going to tell you guys two jokes, and, uh, and then I'm going to bring our headliner out. Sound good? <laughs> Perfect. The first joke is, Tool makes great music, yes, but I think their best accomplishment 
is getting a bunch of dudes to walk around with a shirt that says Tool on it. Thank you. My second joke. You know, I'm not lazy. I'm just slow-boned. Thank you. Those are my two jokes. Thank you so much. Oh, man, you guys are going to love our headliner. I love him. He's so funny. You might have seen him on TBS's Ground Floor or Conan or all over the place because he is just so funny. You guys give it up for Rory Scovel. Rory Scovel, more time for Rory Scovel, who is so funny. Hey, that's our show, guys. Give it, give it up for everybody you saw tonight. Now, as Rhea and I said, you can also listen to the show as a podcast, so go home, download it, it's on iTunes and all sorts of other stuff. I'm Cameron Esposito. See you next Tuesday, guys. Have a great night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to cover your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> Ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.